Chapter 6, Immigration as Mystery Bargain Bin A 2013 ProPublica article about a Pakistani anchor baby who became a heroin dealer slash terrorist described one of his drug-dealing associates this way. Ikram Haq was a mentally impaired Pakistani immigrant. His lawyer, Sam Schmidt, convinced the jury that the Pakistani anchor baby conned his client into a heroin deal. I see at least three reasons the word immigrant should never have been attached to the name Ikram Haq. Mentally impaired, Pakistani, and heroin deal. May I talk to the immigration official who decided to admit Ikram? Please at least tell me that the mental impairment appeared after we were graced with Ikram's presence. U.S. Immigration Official What else can you tell me about your son? Visa Applicant Well, he's mentally impaired and will never reach the cognitive level of a third grader. U.S. Immigration Official That's fantastic. We'll get the papers right to you. Since when are we required to take anyone who wants to come here, including mentally impaired Pakistanis who engage in heroin deals on a bad day and contribute absolutely nothing to society on their good days? That's not a rhetorical question. I want the exact date. Americans seem to be under the impression that we signed an agreement to participate in the mystery bargain bin on immigration. It could be $10,000, or it could be a turd. Here's hoping. America is not a public hospital in an urban neighborhood where we have to take anyone who shows up. Until 1970, American immigrants did better than the natives, as any sane immigration policy would require. They made more money, bought more houses, and were more educated. By contrast, the post-1970 immigrants are far more likely to be unemployed and live in poverty than native-born Americans. More than a third of all post-Kennedy Act immigrants don't even have a high school diploma. Among natives, only the sick, addled, or delinquent have failed to complete high school by the age of 25, about 7% of all Americans. Manifestly, our government has no interest in setting up a skimming-the-cream operation when it comes to immigration. What did we do? Twenty-five years of PC education has convinced Americans that we have to treat immigrants as if they're black people and we're making up for the legacy of slavery. These aren't the descendants of American slaves. Why do we owe other countries anything? It is simply assumed that we must have done something to them. Britain used to have an empire, meaning that it wiped out exotic diseases, ended tribal bloodshed, expanded literacy, and generally dragged primitive societies into the 19th century. Life was better than before, but, on the other hand, the British administrators had all the good jobs, so the natives threw the British out. Now it works the other way, Jack. In some bizarre notion of turnabout is fair play, it is assumed that backward societies have a right to relocate to the countries of their former colonizers. I thought they hated those guys. That's crazy enough. But America didn't have any colonies. It was a colony. Our racial guilt is over slavery and Jim Crow by Democrats. Nixon didn't impose racial quotas on trade unions because he thought it would be culturally enriching for white members to work side by side with black people. He was enraged at the unions for refusing to hire blacks. The country, he said, owed African Americans a dividend. What do we owe the third world? Did we all agree to turn our country into a gigantic battered women's shelter required to take in every oppressed person of the world? 
Why would any country do that? We're not obliged to take in the world's hardest cases. In fact, I'm sure most Americans would think that's a bad idea.